0: Welcome to Right to Life of Michigan's Life Beat. I'm your host today, Chris Gass. Joining me, as always, but not always, is Anna Fisser and Grace Hemmeke. Ladies, happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday.
0: So at Anna's insistence, we have a happy story uh, today about... You know,
2: uh, we always <laughs> say the bad stuff, and it's Friday. We've got to leave it off, start off the weekend on a good note. Well, we're going to... So it'll be the last thing we talk about.
0: Oh, okay. So... All audible, okay. So we're end with a nice story yes. uh, that I, we instead won't give of, you too much of a teaser for. Instead of for. the
2: other ones where you're like, there's no hope, everything <laughs> is awful. I don't think we're like that on the podcast. Michigan a podcast. is dying.
0: Well, we are a dying state, <laughs> but, that, uh, but uh, we're trying our best to correct that. Um, so uh, if you want more, <laughs> maybe some more context on that. Yeah, Michigan's birth rate not doing too hot. So... Okay. And people well, leaving we'll the state. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Wow. You brought, look, look where you brought us. This is no way to start a podcast. We need to be positive, Anna. Says you. <laughs> so um, we're also going to talk today about the amendment and their appalling lack of mastery of Microsoft Word. Uh, we're going to talk about Nayaral and their uh, quest for censoring every pro-lifer on planet Earth. All
2: negative things.
0: Let's start with. Um, let <laughs> we'll start with uh, Judge in Oakland County, Judge Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cunningham is hearing a case on our Michigan law against abortion, uh, and he is going to determine today whether his temporary injunction blocking our law from going back into effect um, after. Uh, forty nine years or rather after a few days because last week Monday it was in effect for seven hours yeah. um, and he's going to determine this on the basis of um the Michigan Constitution no hmm. the state law no he's he's gonna determine whether or not to block our law based on the not the law itself, no court precedent. No. What's he determining this on the basis of?
2: um, Factual evidence provided by abortionists.
0: And and what facts are those?
2: Um, That our law abortion good includes (laughs) abortion good. Baby, yeah. And women will be prosecuted. Oh, okay.
0: So the facts that are so so
2: false facts. False facts. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, they're in court as we speak. It's 11:12 a.m on August 19 and we can tell you the result because we don't actually have we don't have a crystal ball, but we just know that this gentleman is a very pro-abortion judge. He was sought out by the governor um, for this case. Uh, we know what the result's going to be. He's going to issue a permanent injunction against county prosecutors from enforcing our 1931 abortion law. Uh, So that means that uh, the case is going to continue, but the law is going to be blocked while the case continues. So you heard it here first, as if there was any doubt in the matter.
2: Unfortunately, there was no doubt.
0: So, I mean, that's just its so obvious. Like a, A judge who supports abortion is never going to follow the law or prior precedent or anything. Ever. I, I can't I'm struggling to think of one circumstance um, where on a specific abortion specific piece of of legislation that a judge who supports abortion has ever broken with his side to do whatever Dobbs who Roberts well this from our side yeah they they will break uh, even when they're not supposed to just out of sheer cowardice in the case of john roberts let's just be honest here you know and let's let's go back to that you know Hang you want on. something happy roe versus wade is overturned
2: it is and I states think, can I think and states honestly, are
0: banning abortion
2: we've really forgotten about that right or at least i have
0: yeah the controversy has died down i yeah. don't understand why the other well, side after kansas thinks that they have the votes now so now suddenly they've discovered a love for democracy that they did not have before <laughs> So, John Robert, it, this decision's already been accepted, hasn't it? Pretty, Pretty much. much. Right. So, what was John Robert so afraid of? His own shadow. Yes. He was afraid of opinion polls. But opinion polls aren't things. They're just snapshots of people's opinion based on whoever's asking a, a biased question. Right. It's almost impossible to create a question that is completely unbiased. So. So, yeah. So on the bright side, that means our Mich- our Michigan on the bright side on a federal level, our U.S. Supreme Court is in our corner. Um, they you know, we don't need a judge to be pro-life; we just need them to be not in favor of abortion, and they tend to be fair. Um, the downside
2: that it seems like. it seems
0: like, and the downside in Michigan is we have judges who have been elected who support abortion, um, and they're just gonna do whatever they can to protect it. No matter what? Just like Planned Parenthood's slogan is care no matter what. Um, I don't know. What's the slogan for pro-abortion judges? Legislate from the bench no matter what? Protect abortion no matter what? Violate the law no matter what? Yeah.
2: I mean, it it almost makes you think like in a very hopeless way, (laughs) even if we do. Get abortion to be li- illegal in Michigan, are judges going to do anything about it? Are they good I don't know?
0: Well, the beauty, Anna, of Michigan is we vote on the judges. So every November we have opportunities to rectify that situation.
2: That is true.
0: Speaking of uh November, are we going to have an abortion amendment on the ballot or not? I don't know, well, as we were going through the signatures that the other side had turned in, and I should say by the way, I mean, it won't get too specific, but you know the they used a lot of paid circulators to collect these petitions, and they were dirty petitions. They,
2: well, I think maybe we should explain a little further for people. Um, I know we had mentioned publicly that we were going to. Challenge the signatures if it made sense. So we did challenge, or we did receive the five hundred sample.
0: Yep, of signatures. the signatures that they turned in yep. for their abortion amendment.
2: And so we did look through each and every one of those. We spent a couple days doing that, looking through every possible thing you could look for on these petitions, trying to find anything.
0: And There was a lot.
2: There was a lot, but ultimately it didn't make sense to challenge them. And there, there probably wasn't going to be enough after they went through all our suggested challenges and deleted half of them. So it, it wasn't going to work, but...
0: Probably wasn't going to work. Right. So what happens is, you know, anyone can challenge the signatures and the sample publicly. You turn those in. And then the board of Ele- Bureau of Elections does their own check, and then the other side looks at the challenges and says, "No, no, you have to count that signature." And it all gets boiled down to a certain amount. And we had ch- we get a challenge a lot. We were actually surprised at how we dirty were. they were and how poorly the paid circulators had done. However, Anna, legally, we have what would appear to be an open and shut case. So. In March,
2: Legally, yes.
0: in March, when Reproductive Freedom for All brought their petition to the Board of Canvassers. They said, please approve it so we can begin pre-approve it so we can begin collecting signatures. And they left an extra the in, as we've said in the podcast many times. So the Board of Canvassers said, well, we're going to reject this petition. But if you bring us, but if you do a petition that just deletes the word the, it's all you need to do. Delete mm-hmm. that word then you have pre-approval and you can begin. And so Reproductive Freedom for All all on the front deleted the the. However, on the back, they also deleted uh, many spaces from the actual text of the amendment.
2: We think that when they deleted the, it messed up their formatting, their spacing.
0: Oh, because I'm trying to... Yeah, so there's there's a a bunch of run-on words where... What was 10 and 20 words in a sentence is now all one word because they deleted spaces. So, like,
2: over 100 character words that are not in the dictionary, that are not in the English language.
0: And from a legal standpoint, what people signed on the petition was that language. And so what would go into the Constitution is those words without spaces. Correct. Um,
2: And... You know, this was on the back of the petition. So on the front, you have where it has the, the little 100-word summary, or in our case, 92-word summary. And then you have all the little lines where people sign and fill out their information. And so I'm thinking probably most of the time, people didn't ask to read the full text of the amendment. Because I'm like, if you read this and you were like, I can't, I wonder if anyone was ever like, oh, I can't read this or like didn't no make one, sense to them. But we never heard reports of that, right? Like, no one ever never... reads the back of the petition. So that's what I'm saying. Like all of these people, our governor, our attorney general signed this petition with 43 errors, 43 spaces missing from the petition. Like, I, I
0: Nobody. nobody they didn't even notice themselves. No. That's so what I'm
2: saying. Like
0: I've been trying to come up with like a plausible explanation, like how could they not realize they did that, but no one must have looked at the back.
2: No. And, and I mean, I guess I, that makes I sense. If it. they
0: delete the, the and they mess it up and they don't check it, that makes sense. But
2: it's like they But didn't you have think they would check it. They're printing hundreds of thousands of these petitions. You would think they would do a little proofreading. Before they print
0: them, They have day. QR codes. They went like super high advance with these petitions, but they right? didn't like, proofread it.
2: No. It blows my mind.
0: So our legal challenge is saying you can't put gibberish into the Constitution, and these petitions were not the approved petitions by the Board of Canvassers. Therefore, any signatures on these petitions should be invalid. And you say, oh, that's kind of seems kind of ticky-tack, and... I'm gonna say, absolutely, but guess what? That is what the Bureau of Elections does.
1: I don't think it is at all. I mean, they're they're wanting to put words into the constitution that have no legal significance. They they mean nothing, these big forty three hundred character words. They don't mean anything. Right. The other side's How gonna
0: you... the other side's gonna come back and say, Well, you can understand what the words are. However, I mean we've had our petitions in Prior drives rejected because ink bled through the back and and smudged the word, too. Everyone, any reasonable person, would understand what that word was. However, the Bureau of Elections still threw out the signatures on any petition like that under the argument that it's not clear. So... I for mean, them it to...
2: seems like a little tiny error that we're, like, nitpicking at. But I don't think it is. I think mm-hmm. it's a pretty big error that you're going to put. You shouldn't even have one mistake in our Constitution that can never be changed. It well, is... it
0: can be changed, but not by legislators. Right.
2: It's... That's what I'm saying. You can't just, like, go and be like, oh, we're just going to fix yeah, it oops. real quick. Yeah. Like, you have to do a whole nother constitutional amendment. you got to. It's a long Spend process. Spend six point two million dollars yes. to
0: collect more signatures, so apparently. Like, Eight why, bucks a signature.
2: Why would it be logical to put forty three errors into our constitution? It doesn't. Especially considering our last petition, when you people mailed it back and stapled it, it did it did mess up the word two and they deleted it. Yeah. You know what the word two is, and that's one word. Right. So this is like So their standard hundreds is hundreds of words So. That are,
0: there, we're, not, we're not doing this based on our standard. We're doing this based on the Bureau of Elections right. standard, which is, is not that you know, any reasonable person should be able to figure out what that says. It has to be crystal, absolute, clear. And even the slightest issue means those signatures are thrown out.
2: Right. And I understand that it takes you a second. You can, you can read what it's supposed to say, but I don't think everyone would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Typographical errors should not go into a constitution right. in the first yes. place. <laughs> yes,
0: so I think that's pretty yep. common sense. So the board of canvassers will decide this challenge on August thirty first. There will be there's two Democrats and two Republicans on the board. If they reproductive freedom for all will need th- at least three of those votes to move forward. Uh, if they don't, they might sue to have the Supreme Court overturn this uh, decision by the. Uh, uh, board of canvassers. I always get mixed up between the Bureau of Elections Mm -hmm. and the board of canvassers. Um, And then they have to make a decision really quick because things are due on the ballot by September. Is it 8th? Yes. September 8th. So everything has to be set on the ballot by the second week of September. So uh, we'll see what happens. But again, elections have consequences and who are the judges hearing the case Matters more these days than what the law is.
1: Now, do they have turnaround time to create a new petition and get
2: more Absolutely signatures? Absolutely not.
0: Well, technically they do, but then it's not going to be on this election. Yeah. Or I guess technically if the Supreme Court doesn't decide before the ballot, um, before the ballots are due, then it, I don't know if it would get pushed to the next one. We're in uncharted waters here, so we'll see what happens.
2: Well, and, you know, we were all trying to decide. Our team, our legal team, our communications team was trying to decide if there's anything they could do to fix the language, if they could just say, oh, just put the spaces in and it'll be fine. And we were saying the Supreme Court could the Michigan Supreme Court could just say, yeah, just do that. Like, there's no law preventing them from doing that, and there's no law saying that they can do that. So they can just make up law.
0: But then they're setting a precedent. Do they care? uh, I don't know if they care, but future petitions then can just be edited after the fact, after people already signed it. I feel like in the
2: moment they're going to be like, let's just deal with the consequences later, but we need to fix this.
0: So, yeah, so they'll say, yeah, you know, 750,000 people signed this, but we're going to change it because we want to win. Well, but we'll see. Yeah. This we'll is see.
2: a very exciting development. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. Um, and I'm sure we'll have more updates to come in the next week when we, you know, have our meetings with the
0: right Board of Canvassers. Well, if it is up to NARAL, the National Abortion Rights Action Lead, Anna... No one would possibly know about your updates because they have organized. uh, There's a group called, I think it was Physicians. Was it Physicians for Abortion? Physicians for Choice? Um, Anyway, there's an open letter. Nairal was promoting it on their Twitter, basically saying that to the media and reporters that no pro life person should be able to talk to the media at all. No, nothing, no abortion, no comments on abortion, no interviews, no nothing. Um, So, in other words, we're getting to get rid of the First Amendment for pro-lifers. What do you think about that, Anna?
2: (laughs) I think, you know, I saw something on Twitter yesterday where (laughs) – no, what was their line? Their line in the petition
1: was that they they were saying health care and science aren't up for debate. Right. right. Didn't we just see this happen maybe in the last two years for something?
0: Perhaps. What are you referring to, Grace? No, okay, yeah.
2: It's um, funny because I saw something on Twitter yesterday where there was a whole, like, uh, Boston... Children's Hospital Boston thing, Children's Hospital which is not our issue but not our issue but um but. people were tweeting about it talking about it and they were saying well if we don't do interviews with media anymore like anyone that's conservative, pro-life, whatever. If you don't do interviews with the media anymore, then they're not a credible source and people they'll they'll cease to exist because no one will think that they're credible or read them or whatever. I was like, that's an interesting concept. That would mean every single conservative pro-life person or not conservative, just pro-life in general, whatever, would not be able to talk to the media. But yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, would that
1: work? Wait, correct me if I'm wrong. But was the implication there that it's the media that gives credibility to a source? So like, you take some rando off the street so, and have a serious conversation no, with them. No, it was
2: more like... You have to present both sides and not be biased in your article. If you don't have both sides, if you don't have all the facts, then they're not—it's it's, it's biased. It's a biased article. So they're saying, well, then don't give them all the sides.
0: Yeah, and they're all saying be biased completely.
2: And that's fine with them.
0: Yeah, well— You know, they're
2: saying we actually want that we don't want to. We want to be biased. We don't want to be credible We're only gonna be credible to our our buddies and our pals,
0: Right. right? Well to Grace's point Yeah, they're basically saying it's the media that creates credibility and not the actual arguments or Points or statistics or facts which apparently science has determined I don't know all of our facts don't exist. I guess, you know field development. That's not science. Babies just pop into existence out of nothing. That's science, right?
1: Suppose so. Science. They have their way.
0: <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy says that's where babies come from. A stork drops them at the moment, <laughs> and then that's then that's how babies exist, right? Right. Yeah, that's no, that's science. No, um, I doubt reporters are going to go for it, but. I don't know. We see social media restrictions on pro-life accounts. You see, I mean, reporting on the pro-life issue for 50 years has been less than excellent, we'll say.
2: They still try to include us.
0: They make make an effort. We'll leave it there. They make an effort.
2: They say, "I, I have to include you. I have to include your name. I don't exactly have to include, like, what you said (laughs) As long as you're on the platform and people see your face, we'll just give you no airtime. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. We'll cut you off right before you're about to say anything substantial.
0: Right. And uh, that's just not good enough for NARAL. They're demanding nothing.
2: So how do they think science
1: works? Do they well,
0: science that? is whatever NARAL's friends at the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists says. And then, so if ACOG says babies are dropped off by storks and that's where babies come from, mm-hmm. then that's
2: science. No room for development. They, no they honestly could say that and people would believe them. Like, I have no doubt in I, my I, mind they could make up the most. I mean, they do. They make the, up absurd things. And people still quote them in their articles that they are credible.
0: Anna, the human being in me would, would <laughs> like to disagree. But the me in me is struggling to co- Yeah, I mean, you have seen some weird things. Case in point, you know, the Free Press did an article on the abortion amendment the other day, and they just included a sentence, and they're like, "Oh, mostly term abortions are for you know health reasons." No citation. There's no evidence of that. The other side says otherwise in their actual research. Like they just say things, you know, because yeah. they saw it somewhere else and they think it sounds true to them. How could any woman after 20 weeks just go want to have an abortion for any reason, even though that's why that concept
2: most of it. is so hard for them to. I don't know if they actually think it's false or if they're just pretending. They know it's true.
0: I don't know. I mean,
2: women will go get an abortion because they want one. Or that
0: some women have seven, eight, nine, ten abortions, um, which, where was it? Minnesota, actually. Usually reports stop counting after, like, two or more abortions. Minnesota went all the way to, like, eight or nine, and there was a not insignificant number of women, like several dozen in the state, who had had... This many, you know, I don't know. It's like they want to hold. It's like they still want to hold on to some semblance of idea that human life has value in the womb and that this is just a, a terrible, uh, necessary evil that has to take place. But when you confront them with the honesty and the, and the truth of it, they, yeah, they just have a hard time accepting it, I guess.
1: It's like they're based in the medieval world where they want to have the science that says, oh, pregnancy is so super dangerous. But yet they also want to make these really modern claims about women having choice and our science is amazing Mm -hmm. and we have great medical care. And it doesn't, it conflicts. It doesn't make sense to me.
0: No. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we're getting low on time. So should we get to the happy, go to our happy place, Anna? Yes. So uh story from a couple of days ago, I think maybe last week, uh the Knights of Columbus, uh which is a Catholic kind of like the Catholic version of um, you know, your local moose lodge or um um what's the the Masons or whatever. Basically a, a fraternal organization I don't for know men. If
2: I'd call them that. What are you,
0: that's what they are. They're a men's fraternal organization. Mason. I guess. Well, that's (laughs) the Freemasons is a men's fraternal organization, right? Yeah. Okay. And the Shriners are and like your local Moose Lodge, right? Are are you following me? Yeah. That's that's what the Knights of Columbus is that but for Catholic individuals. Okay. Right? You following me? Sure. Okay. One of their major initiatives is getting ultrasounds placed in pregnancy centers. They have really leaned into the whole um, the whole abortion topic and specifically in helping women facing crisis pregnancies. So they announced that they had placed 1,500, their 1,500th ultrasound machine, in a pro-life pregnancy center in America. That's a lot. I don't. I think there's only is there what maybe three thousand, two to three thousand centers in the entire United States. Yes, we and, looked
2: that up the other day.
0: <laughs> oh really? How many is there? Yeah.
1: Three. There's 000. about three thousand. Yeah, three thousand. Yeah, yeah, right. So
0: half, half of all pregnancy centers on the country have a nice, um, new or refurbished or or whatever a, a very high quality, not grainy ultrasound to use. So when they're doing appointments with women in crisis pregnancies they can show them their baby as Mm -hmm. best as technologically possible and that's awesome ultrasound machines make a huge difference um and for for women who are kind of on the fence i know there's some women who just go to pregnancy centers um even though they're intent on keeping the baby and the pregnancy centers still serve Mm -hmm. women like that you know they're not going to turn them away because we're pro-lifers and we care about women and babies after birth. We do. Believe it or not. Uh, but, yeah. And I think a major point, too, you know, there's this sense that, oh, the pro-life movement is just a bunch of old Catholic white men, which only – I'm not Catholic. I guess I'm 38. I'm not old either. I am white. But, anyway, um, these this Catholic social or fraternal organization is promoting all these pregnancy centers – most of which have no connection at all to Catholic churches. So,
2: right. and most of them are ran by women. Actually, most are pretty much all of them.
0: Uh, it, yeah, it's some. you find some male pregnancy center directors and whatever, right. but it's but, overwhelming. Yeah. When I was at the, the, the pregnancy center conference on the west side of the state here, I looked around and I realized of a hundred people in the room, I was the only man. Like I didn't even think about it. I'm just going about my day up oh, another day in the pro-life movement, sitting here, and mm-hmm. I look around, I'm like, "I'm the only man, yeah, in this giant room." And I was like, "Wow, just very so normal for the pro-life movement. It you is. just get used to being lonely as a man, you know, having a football conversation in this office is uh, <laughs> very it's
2: not f- happening with me.
0: pointless. Yeah.
2: Maybe Emily. Yeah, M- maybe. maybe.
0: Um, who we miss. We do miss. Even though she's 10 feet away, she's not on the podcast anymore.
2: Um, but I think that just goes to show that women know that we don't need abortion.
0: We don't? No. We need ultrasounds and pregnancy yes. centers to help them. Yes. We don't need to kill babies.
2: Me, a woman, saying to everyone, women don't need abortion I feel like men need to hear that from women like they need some sort of permission to be like it's okay that you don't that you are pro-life like it's okay you're not you're not like attacking me you know I feel yeah. like I get that sense sometime that like men need permission to be pro-life. So you're giving permission. I'm giving everyone you permission.
0: listening. Anna Visser has given you her blessing. I've given you my blessing. You're allowed to not kill babies. Yes. And believe that. And, be- and believe babies that babies are it's human wrong. beings, and we should protect human beings. Yes. 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 Okay. That's important. You're uh, not taking away my. It's own very. It's very. Un- that's very unscientific, Anna, <laughs> and um, the media should absolutely not you know carry this podcast at all so. No, according to neural yeah okay well that's all the time we have for this edition of life beat and uh, even though we are not a fraternal organization for men all are welcome um, thank you if you are a man pro life man turning uh, tuning in and anna's giving you permission to go forth yeah. so everyone go forth be pro life have a wonderful week